Welcome to the Torah Journey Podcast. My name is Rabbi Ken Brodkin, and I've been a community rabbi for over 15 years. During that time, I've learned that the wisdom of Judaism is powerful, but it's not always easy to understand. Our weekly podcast will enrich your journey and give you practical advice about how to apply the wisdom of Judaism to your life. We'll offer you insights based on the Parsha, current events, the Jewish year, and more. This is the Torah Journey Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, it's great to be back with you. As I'm recording, it's the second day of ER, and we will be marking Yom Ha'atzma'ut, Israel Independence Day, over the next couple of days. I've personally had a deep connection with Israel ever since my parents took me to the country when I was 11 years old. I spent the summer after my junior year in high school, as well as a year before college. And then after university, I spent six years learning in yeshiva in Israel. And throughout, Israel has been at the center of my personal development. In reality, Israel is at the center of our universe. This tiny country is a focal point of international fascination. About two weeks ago, I came across a video contrasting Israel with Europe. And the Wall Street Journal video shows scenes of people in Tel Aviv going back to normal life, enjoying the nightlife. And in contrast, the video displayed scenes from Europe of persistent lockdown. And seeing this, I reflected on how amazing it is that Israel is at the forefront, literally, of the world's fastest vaccine rollout. Why is Israel at the forefront? Is it because of Israeli ingenuity, the Jewish ethic of valuing human life? Or maybe it's Israel's ability to negotiate and collect data. There's many explanations, but then again, there are plenty of countries that have had feasible paths to what Israel did. The fact is that Israel managed to get 80% of its population vaccinated, while many advanced countries jumbled their rollouts. And in truth, the vaccine is just the most recent example of where the tiny Israel stands out. With Yom Ha'atzmut approaching... We look back in 73 years of miracles since 1948. And needless to say, Jewish miracles didn't start in 1948. In today's Torah Journey podcast, we'll grapple with the meaning of Israel's miraculous history. What does the astounding history of Israel mean for our lives? Stay with us as we explore the lessons of this amazing country. We're about to discover that Israel is a gateway to miracles for all of us wherever we live on God's globe. Back in our July 16 episode, we explored our relationship to the land of Israel. Make sure you check out that episode, which is titled, Are Jews Indigenous to the Land of Israel? The Declaration of Israeli Independence in the 5th of the ER in 1948 led directly to the War of Independence and the formation and survival of the tiny state. The fact that Israel emerged intact was built on the self-sacrifice of many brave Israelis. It was also built on miracles. One example can be seen where the Israelis took the city of Tzfat. In 1948, as British sovereignty over Palestine was coming to an end, the Brits were handing over strategic high points of Tzfat to heavily armed Arab troops. Outnumbered and outgunned, Israeli forces struggled, battling over Tzfat for months. Late April, the artillery piece nicknamed the Davidka was delivered to the Jews. Surprisingly ineffective, the most notable feature of the Davidka was the tremendous noise it produced. A rumor quickly spread through the Arab ranks that the Jews had acquired an atom bomb, and the entire Arab community 
fled from Tzfat. With their exit, morale deteriorated among the Arab troops, and the Haganah was able to secure the city, which was of vital strategic importance. This event, one of many such occurrences at that time, went a long way towards winning the war. It's one of those stories that seems to come straight out of the pages of Tanakh. In fact, a more ancient version of that story can be found in our Haftarah. Our Parsha describes the laws of the Mitzorah, those afflicted with a skin eruption known as Tsaras. And the Rambam explains that during the bias reshow in the first temple, Tsaras was a manifestation of, a, of distance between a person and the Almighty. This was not a natural phenomenon, but rather an os v'pelebi Israel, a miracle and a wonder in Israel. Then in the Haftarah, we meet four people afflicted with Tsaras during that first temple period. At the time, the people of Israel were afflicted by a famine, desperate for bread. And in that context, the prophet Elisha announced that Hashem was about to bring a geula redemption. In fact, the redemption would happen so quickly that, quote, by tomorrow at this time, the price of a sa'ah of wheat will be one shekel, and two sa'ahs of barley will be one shekel. The idea that these necessities would be available by the next day, never mind well-priced, seemed ludicrous. At this very moment of good tiding, the group of four Mitzoras stood outside the city gates, hungry. They proposed going to a nearby army camp of invaders from the kingdom of Aram to beg for food, even at the risk of being taken prisoners. They made their way to this enemy camp and found it totally abandoned. Why? The Almighty had caused a miracle, whereby the camp of Aram perceived a great commotion that sounded like an army. Thinking it was a Jewish attack, Aram miraculously fled. The four men were astounded. They immediately grabbed food to satisfy their hunger. They began to scavenge for gold and silver and started to bury it for themselves. And then came a moment of realization. We are not acting properly. Today is a day of good news, and yet we remain silent. If we wait until the light of dawn, we will be judged as sinners. Now let us come and report to the king's palace. All four men now abandoned their pure focus on self and went to announce the news to the king. Pretty soon their words are verified, and there was a whole fresh storehouse, a new storehouse of food and supplies. The price of wheat and barley quickly fell to a shekel for a saw or two saw. The redemption came exactly as Elisha the prophet predicted it. The Navi emphasizes that the miracle in the story was explicit. God caused Aram to hear the sound of chariots. The modern miracles in Israeli wars may be a shade less explicit, but they are miracles nonetheless. Many years ago, I met a retired Jewish colonel from the U.S. military. He told me that when he was in West Point, his class studied virtually all modern-day battles. The exception was that they did not study the War of Independence from Israel or the Six-Day War. These battles were not perceived as natural war situations that had any bearing on how to wage war. Of course, miracles have been integral to the land ever since Yehoshua led us over the Jordan River. We might say that miracles are indigenous to the land of Israel. But the Torah points to a challenge. 
we tend to take credit for ourselves. The Torah in Achav discusses how the Jewish people will enter the land of Israel and suddenly inherit houses and vineyards and build up wealth themselves. And the Torah warns us, Take care, lest you forget Hashem your God, who leads you through the great and awesome wilderness of snake, fiery serpent, and scorpion, and thirst when there was no water, who brings forth for you water from the rock of flint. Lest you forget and say in your heart, My strength and the might of my hand made me all this wealth. Then you shall remember Hashem your God, for it was He who gave you the strength to make wealth. This command suggests a needed balance in life. We need to make efforts. We need to make efforts to build wealth. The Mitzoras had to first enter the camp of Aram. The Jewish king had to send emissaries to send a- check out the situation. Likewise, in every miracle that took place in the War of Independence or the Six-Day War, Israel made excellent military efforts. Consider how many chayalim and families have sacrificed so that we can have this gift of the state of Israel. And likewise, the Israeli ingenuity in the vaccine rollout in this pandemic is amazing. But that's where we can get confused and start to see our ingenuity and our exertion as the cause. It's not. There's a lot of smart countries out there. Lots of people with ingenuity. As smart as Israel is, this is a country that's had four elections in the past few years and cannot seem to form a government. Why is Israel leading the way in the vaccine? The answer is that there is human effort, but in the end, miracles come from Hashem. How did the Jews cross the Jordan River 3,000 years ago and inherit the land? How did Israel overcome five invading countries in the Six-Day War when destruction 20 years after the Holocaust seemed certain? Sure, we have an ingenuity, but that's like saying, My strength, the strength of my hand made me this wealth. We need to see God's hand, even in the place where our hand is exerted. And this is the message that reverberates from our narrow strip of land. In Sefer Devarim, the Torah tells us that the land of Israel is not like the land of Egypt that's easily irrigated on foot via canals from the Nile River. Israel is a land of hills and valleys. It is a land that drinks by the rains of heaven. The verse continues, It's a land that Hashem your God seeks out always. The eyes of Hashem are upon it from the start of the year until the end of the year. And this verse in Akev points to two ideas. Hashem is Doresh the land, and the eyes of Hashem are upon it. Drisha, seeking out, is a way of saying that God evaluates the land and what happens in it. And based on that evaluation, the Almighty determines his flow of blessing into the world. The idea of the eyes of Hashem, Ene Hashem, is also an expression of Hashgacha, the idea that the land is under the oversight of the Almighty. But isn't there providence in every land? Rashi explains that Hashem seeks out the land of Israel 
And through that drisha, through that seeking, he seeks out all other lands. Israel is the prism through which our world is evaluated. Hashem has a relationship with his world, but there's a central point in that relationship. The Jewish nation is Rashi's Tivuaso, the first fruit of the Almighty. The Jewish people formed a covenant with God initially and lived out that covenant in the land of Israel. It's fundamental to Judaism that there's gradations. The land of Israel is holier than Italy or France. And within the land, the city of Jerusalem is holier than Haifa. Within Jerusalem, there is the Har Habayit and the Kodesh HaKadoshim, the Holy of Holies. There are peaks and valleys and our connection points to God. The land of Israel is a heightened peak of man's connection to Hashem. What does the state of Israel mean for us? On one level, Israel itself is a modern-day miracle. It's a place where we see the living fulfillment of the words of the prophets. As we see this land, the heart of the Jewish people, pulsing with life everywhere in the streets. But Israel also sheds light on the nature of our lives wherever we may live. It's a land where you make efforts, but you never lose sight of the fact that Hashem's eyes are upon the land. In this sense, the people of Israel in the land of Israel teach the world how to access God's blessings and miracles. We cannot simply say that Israel succeeded in an effort due to ingenuity. Shlomo writes in Kohelis, the race is not won by the swift, nor the battle to the strong, because in the end, Hashem determines who will win the race. Sometimes we see someone who's wildly successful. You might think to yourself, gee, I want to be successful like Mark Zuckerberg. Well, of course we need to make efforts to succeed. But when we see a person winning the race, remember, there is a God who brought about so many of these circumstances. And likewise, there are two aspects of this holy land. On the one hand, there is the ingenuity and the passion and everything good about the Jewish people. There's been so much sacrifice to make Israel great. On the other hand, there are the miracles. There's the understanding that the eyes of God are upon this land, that this is the land where God spoke to the Nevi'im, to the prophets. It's an elevated space and a gateway to God's blessing. The vaccine rollout of Israel is just an illustration of this dual causation. We needed Israeli ingenuity to do it, but lots of places have ingenuity. Israel succeeded, and the race is not won by the swift. So in this Yom Ha'atzma'ut, take some time to learn a little bit about Israel. Absorb some of its miraculous history. We should be inspired by this country. From that inspiration, we can find renewed hope as we look for God's miracles in our lives. As we look for that hope, we remember the lesson of the land, our land. It's not a place that you water on foot. It's a land that drinks water by the rains of heaven. Thanks for joining us and being part of the Torah journey. If you've enjoyed this and think that others would benefit from our broadcast, make sure to let your friends know about the Torah Journey podcast. Have a great Yom Atzimut. We'll be back next week. I'm Rabbi Ken Brodkin, and this is the Torah Journey podcast. Thank you.